Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, as we gather together around your word and sacrament, we pray for your spirit to bring the words of Jesus deeply into our lives, to open up our hearts and minds to hear from you. Loving Father, we thank you for who you are and what you've done. Bless us and encourage us and help us as we go with you on this challenge in Lent to be transformed by you, to be changed by you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Are you a person that accepts challenges or somebody who avoids them? If someone says, I'm going to challenge you, what do you do? Well, it depends. Um, A number of years ago, before COVID, there's a gym down here that has got a good reputation. I thought, I might go and join the gym. And then they had a special for two weeks, free membership for two weeks. And I thought, this sounds good. It's going to help me lose weight. Well, one of the things that happen is they assign you a personal trainer. And this personal trainer says, right, if I take you on, I am really going to challenge you. I'm expecting this, this, this and this. And that kind of put me off a little bit. I was a bit kind of, ooh. So I didn't follow through that much because I wasn't quite ready for that level of challenge. Now, I discovered that personal trainer um, is works with a lot of reasonably high-profile people and can easily boast about his success because of their commitment. Well, that sometimes is a problem when we start talking about the Christian faith. And it's also a problem when we talk about Jesus, particularly as Lutherans, because sometimes we think, God's not primarily challenging me, he's more blessing me and calling me. And yet, this worship series that we're about to begin, the Jesus Challenge, we should be open to being challenged by Jesus, challenged every day. Today is an introduction to this challenge, but over the next few weeks of Lent, we're going to look at being challenged by Jesus in being, being challenged by Jesus in forgiving, being challenged by Jesus in serving, being challenged by Jesus in giving, being challenged by Jesus in going. And foundational for what? Behind this Jesus challenge is the words of Jesus. It's about listening to Jesus. Jesus says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. When we talk about listening to Jesus, it kind of comes to mind, I do a a reasonable amount of pre-marriage counselling, and there's a little exercise that we have um, where we check whether people are actually listening well to their partner. And I would say nine times out of ten in this exercise, what happens, they discover they're not listening well. They're assuming what their partner says because of the way they repeat. They add things, they put things in, they've kind of put suggestions in. And that's going to be our challenge as we listen to the words of Jesus because we'll come to Jesus with our traditions. We'll come to Jesus with what we think he should be saying or how this could be interpreted. But can I encourage you as you encounter Jesus on this Jesus challenge... Can you listen deeply? And that means I'm going to encourage you to go to the daily Bible readings. If you currently don't use our daily Bible readings, um, we have our daily Bible readings, which we put on a sheet to hand out. We've got them online. We've got a special one for these, these particular worship series. But I encourage you just to listen to what God says as it's written. And don't make some other assumptions that we sometimes do. Challenges can be hard work, can't they? 
But there's something else about this challenge that's important for us is, is to remember this is a challenge that comes from Jesus. And it's also a challenge that says, I'm not going to dismiss you whenever you fail. I'm going to be with you to help you, to encourage you, to forgive you, to love you, to bless you. And so as we encounter this challenge, can I encourage you to take up the challenge, to, to take up this Jesus challenge, to allow God to speak to you but also to shape you to allow God to bless you. You see, the reason for this, and one of the reasons, is that we are not just fans of Jesus, but disciples of Jesus. We're not just people who are called to come and say, yep, I know Jesus, I acknowledge him, I love him, but I'm going to go and do whatever I want to do. I'm actually going to just come to church for myself. Now, if someone once described a fan compared to somebody who's really committed to something, as a fan comes along and only follows when the team's winning, when life is good, when they're getting what they want and things are going their way. But a, a real committed person is with, with, a, with that club, if it's a, you're talking about a sporting club, through losses, when things are not so good, when there's bad press about them in the media, they continue to be with them. And so we're not just called to be fans of Jesus, we're called to be disciples. People who are actively part of God's church. God has this, as I've said before, God has this strange way of wanting his mission to be in the world. He sent Jesus to us, but then he's given us the privilege to be part of this mission, to be the ones who share his grace and love in the world. Again, from Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, we hear, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And from James chapter 1, verse 22, it says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself, but do what it says. Whenever I hear this passage from James, I'm always remembering one of my previous work experiences. I used to have this older gentleman who was one of our, my, my trainers and mentors, and he'd come into the office sometimes frustrated, and he said, I know they're hearing my words, but they're not listening. And for a while I go, what do you mean, Ian? And he says, ah, oh, they can repeat back to me exactly what I said. But then they go and do the opposite. And sometimes as Christians we can do that. We can know stuff. You know, if for those who have been brought up in the Lutheran church, um, particularly some time ago, you may have remembered catechism classes and you'd be able to repeat exactly what you said. But then you didn't take notice of it. And so our encouragement for us is to be these disciples of Jesus who take notice of what Jesus says. You see, hearing the words of Jesus and putting it into practice involves listening to Jesus, listening deeply, but also looking at how Jesus goes about life. It's about taking notice of Jesus' approach to life. Because sometimes you can read stuff on a page, but then when you see how he goes about life, you see, oh, he's got this different approach. Secondly, hearing the words of Jesus and putting them into practice is about applying what Jesus says to your life as you live with others. Now, I will warn you, this is not just about doing stuff. I'm a person who's very much, tell me what to do and I'll go and do it. But this is not just about doing is that when we say applying the words of Jesus to our life, it's first applying themselves to us. And when we get to the area of forgiveness, it's the first starting point is to apply that you are forgiven. We are forgiven by God. 
And hearing the words of Jesus and putting them into practice is about being equipped for the difficult periods of our life. The reading, the gospel reading that we heard, the next, very next verse is that the wise person who listens to the words of Jesus puts them into practice. What does it say? It talks about there's going to be storms in life, but that house will still stand. And that's what happens when we listen to the words of Jesus. We are prepared for the difficult periods of our life. doesn't mean we're not going to be hurt. doesn't mean we're not going to be scarred. But it does mean that we can be assured that Jesus is with us, that Jesus will help us through those difficult periods. You know, the falsehood of um, some forms of Christianity that people adopt is that if I become a Christian, my life is going to get nice and easy, I'm going to be enjoyable, my entire worship life is going to be something I enjoy and it's going to be pleasing and everything. And yet, from Corinthians through to now in history, we see that's not the case. We see that Christians experience difficulties and challenges. We see that Christians go through problems. But the encouragement is not to desert Jesus, not to desert the community of faith. So being equipped, hearing the words of Jesus and putting them into practice is about being equipped for these difficult periods of life. And lastly, hearing the words of Jesus and putting them into practice is about having a foundation of grace for all of life for yourself and others. If I ask Christians, particularly Sunday school kids or young kids about who's Jesus, and they'll say, great, they'll talk about God's a forgiving God. We talk about, reinforce that as we lead up to Easter. The whole Easter story is about highlighting that God is this graceful, forgiving God. But his grace also affects how he deals with his enemies, as we'll hear on Good Friday. And so this encouragement for us, as we go on this Jesus challenge, is to listen deeply to Jesus. Because it's wise, but it also has wisdom that helps us see life from a graceful perspective. One of the other challenges we have, and I've had this you know, whenever I talk about being a disciple of Jesus, that we're all disciples, I occasionally get one or two people say, ah, oh, look, that sounds too legalistic. You're requiring me to do too much. I'm just a Christian who comes to church to be comforted and, and, and I want the church service to be around what I like. Well, sometimes they give the impression that being a disciple of Jesus is a burden. And it can be challenging, but there's another way to look at being a disciple of Jesus. Living as a disciple of Jesus is an opportunity to live with Jesus and his grace shaping our lives. And being part of Jesus is changing the lives of others, helping others to be know that they're loved and to blessed. It was interesting, last, last night we um, opened the church hall and the toilets and we gave free water and the toilets we had available for anyone who come past here and there was thousands of people who walked past. And the reaction from some was they were very thankful, extremely thankful and we're standing at the front and I heard occasionally, you know, a girl said to her partner, oh, no, I'm dying to go to the toilet, but I'm not going in there because they might convert me, right? Our focus was simply to be there for people, to provide with them, provide with them the need that they had and hopefully change the attitudes of some people to the Christian church. Now, of course, we did get Lutheran. What's Lutheran? But it was a good way of just being there. 
And hopefully we've planted a seed that people are encouraged to see Jesus from a different perspective. So why this challenge? Why this challenge? Well, the first thing I mentioned at the opening of the service is that many, there's many people who have a perception of Jesus but don't really know them. And those are both people in and outside the church. There's people outside the church whose perception of Jesus is all about rules and it's about condemnation and it's about isolating and it's about um, not loving and it's not graceful. There's that perception that exists. And it's usually because their experience has been with other Christians, has been one of all they want to do is put us down, make us feel like second-class citizens, put the law on top of us, tell us that we're not good enough. And then we have the same issue within the church. And unfortunately, it's sometimes at the other end of perspective, we just have this picture of Jesus loves me, which is true. Therefore, I can do whatever I like. I'll come to church. I'll tick off the box that I've been to church. Yep. I've been a Christian for so many years. Yep. But then I'm going to go and live in a very different way. I'm not even going to live for others or think for others. Well, the idea of the challenge is to challenge both of those perspectives and to help you and to help me as a disciple of Jesus to live in this world as a Christian that reflects his grace and love. You see, we are all called to be disciples of Jesus. Every single one of us are called to take Jesus wherever we go. Secondly, the next part is also as we do this, it's important for us to know Jesus well and to know him better. We're never perfectly going to know better. It's like I perfectly don't know my wife Veronica. I know her, I know her more deeply, but occasionally I get surprised. I discover something else about her. And so the more we engage with Jesus, the more we'll know him better, the more we can reflect him and take him into the world with us. And so it's also there so we represent Jesus well. We represent what's most important about Jesus, his grace. You know, there's, a, there's a saying in Christianity, we're supposed to be countercultural. Unfortunately, some people in the Christian church pick that up and says, we're going to be countercultural. That means we're going to be opposed to everything in the world. Um, and so therefore, if the world goes one path, we go the complete opposite. What the countercultural concept means is that we are called to live in grace. We are called to live with grace in the world above everything else. And grace is not a popular thing. It's not a popular thing in many places because our society, particularly in a Western society, says you get what you deserve. Whilst Jesus says, I'm going to give you what you don't deserve. I'm going to give you what you don't deserve, which is eternal life and the blessing of a life with God. And so why the Jesus challenge is also about us connecting others to Jesus and his saving grace. And it's about thinking about this concept of Jesus and grace and may, whenever you talk, think about Jesus, about this grace that he's talking about. So a couple of things about the challenge. The first thing is the, the key approach. The key approach is this, listen to Jesus. So read his word and listen. And as you read his word, look at Jesus. Look at what he does and how he goes about things. 
And this is important because sometimes Jesus says something and we'll interpret it a particular way. But when you look at how he goes about life, he actually acts it differently to how we would interpret it. And thirdly, do what Jesus says. Now, this is not about just doing the stuff that Jesus says. But it's listening and looking and do what Jesus says with a purpose. And from that approach, we're going to explore five key challenges Jesus gives us through the scriptures. The first one, they're purposely in this order. first one is being with Jesus. The importance of just being, listening, taking notice. If you look at the story of Jesus, you look at the understanding that he was called a rabbi and, that this, and the concept of the rabbi was the disciples would just follow him around. And the way they would learn is not just by listening to his words and being lectured to, or was being preached to. The way they would learn is being taken notice of how he interacted with people, how he interacted with them and what he did what he didn't do and what he did do and how he went about things. The second is the forgiving. Probably the keyest thing of a Christianity is this concept of forgiveness. And forgiveness, I don't know about you, but for me, forgiveness can be quite challenging at times. Now, sometimes you, we may be in a place where we don't think we're good enough for God or we're not. Would God really forgive us? And sometimes we can be in a place where it's also difficult to forgive others. And so we're all, that's going to be the, the third week of the series. The fourth week is this serving, the concept of serving, which comes very strongly out of the Easter message, that Christ came to serve. And Philippians talks about we're called to live a life of service. And then the next week is going to be about giving. And it's not just about money, but it's not just about we are asking money. In fact, that's not the focus of the giving. The giving is about how, your attitude to giving. What I find a little bit disturbing amongst some Christians, is that as soon as we talk about money in the church, there's this negative reaction. And the reason why I find it a bit disturbing is that when you open the scriptures, it's more than a third of what Jesus says is about giving. Now, I understand why some people react negative because they think the church is just asking for money. But that's not the message of the scriptures and that's not the message of this giving that we're going to focus on. The message of giving is about what's your attitude to giving? And also, we give to bless others, to be generous to others, to encourage others. And lastly, we look at going. That as we go, and and the concept of going for a Christian, particularly from Matthew chapter 28, is one of, as you go about your life, be the disciple Jesus has called you. As you go to work, as you go down to the street, as you go to the courthouse, as you interact with people who walk past your house, as you deal with a a difficult situation, be the disciple that Jesus is calling you to be. So what's some basic things for us in living out this Jesus challenge? The first thing is prayer. The first thing is prayer, is relying on Jesus and his strength is every day about praying about what's going on. Praying about what you read in the daily Bible readings. Praying about the situations you're facing, particularly those that you find difficult. Praying that God will help you. 
You see, we can't be God's disciples without the help and the strength of Jesus. Praying that your faith will be strengthened, even through difficult times. You see, prayer is not just some words we say, it's about this relationship, this trust that we have with God. The second thing in living out this challenge is keep remembering the bigger picture. One of the challenges whether that we have when we talk about discipleship practices, when we talk about things we do, and I've had this happen, is people reject them because they say, oh, it sounds too legalistic, it sounds like, oh, you're telling me what I must do to be a Christian. Well, I want to put it this way. It's, we are called to remember the bigger picture. The bigger picture is the challenges are about helping us connect with others, connect others to Jesus. That's why we're called to have these discipleship practices. It's for us to know Jesus better, but also to help others to connect. It's a bit like you know, a person who wants to enter the Olympics. Right? Do they just show up on the Olympics and think? They prepare for it. They prepare for it well. You know, they spend hours and hours preparing for it well. Now, their focus in life is not the practice and the preparation they do. Their focus is the Olympics. Likewise, for us, our focus is not about gaining something from God. We should all do the practices, understanding that we are already saved, that God has already been graceful for us. But it's about reflecting, learning about God's grace. And these practices are, are scriptural, but they're also through our history, have helped people grow in their faith and help people be healthy disciples. So keep remembering the bigger picture. If you try to reverse it and say, look, I'm going to do the practices, but I don't really want to trust Jesus, it doesn't work that well. It doesn't help you in your faith journey. I've been preparing for um, the trip that I'm going to do to Turkey and Greece, and we had a meeting this week, and one of the passages we read was from Galatians, and the Galatians had this problem where um, they're in a multi-ethnic community multi-religious and often what would happen is they'd say in those multi-religious communities you have to do these things you have to do these things to show you're a good Christian and the Christians picked this up and Paul corrected them and said no right these things can be helpful but they're not helpful for everyone but you don't have to do these things the focus needs to be Jesus and likewise, as we go through the Jesus challenge, I encourage you to keep your eyes and your heart and your mind on Jesus. Some people can pray with Jesus very well, yet they can be so humble that you, because they've got their focus on Jesus and they don't boast about it. Thirdly, as we go on this Jesus challenge, encourage each other. Encourage each other in this uh, journey of faith. Encourage each other by worshipping together, but by also contacting and asking how you're going. Encourage each other by helping each other out. And finally, follow the principle of listen to Jesus. Look at Jesus and do what Jesus says. Listen deeply. Allow Jesus to speak life to you. Look at how he goes about life, how he interacts with people. And then when he calls you to respond, respond in the way he calls you to respond. You see, it's about all about Jesus. It's all about his grace and love. But it's all about us being more equipped 
to be the disciples he's called us to be. And that means, I'm going to encourage you again, um, as you walked in, there's two sheets. Each week we're going to have an activity sheet and we've also got our daily Bible readings. Now, our daily Bible readings are on the web, which you can download, but some people say, oh, if it's on the web, I don't... You know, it's another thing I've got to do, but if you give it to me in my hand, that's why we've got it, given it out this morning. These daily Bible readings and the activities will align with our sermon series, and I encourage you to use them um, to reflect on and allow God's word to speak to you. Because one of the things that will happen is that we will, every time I open the scriptures, I grow in a, a, a different, a better, a greater understanding of who God is. Now, some of the readings are from the Old Testament. So, in Instead of just talking about what does Jesus say, we talk about what God says. But also remember, the Old Testament is always pointing us to Jesus. And so I'll leave you with the two key passages for today. Jesus says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And James chapter 1 verse 22 says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. The Christian faith is, yes, a personal faith, but it's a personal faith that is meant to be lived communally. And it's a faith that's meant to be lived in both listening and doing. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonderful gift of Jesus you have given us a gift that gives us life and a gift that helps us, helps us be sure that we have a life with you to look forward to, but also to have a life to live today. Pour down your Holy Spirit on each person here. Bless them and encourage them and help them. May they know your grace and your love and your mercy. May you help them through the challenges of life. And Lord, thank you. Thank you that you do challenge us that you do challenge us, but in a way that we can be assured that we're not going to be rejected, but we will grow, grow with you, grow with others, and grow in grace. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.